Amen. Well, guys, happy new year. How is everyone? Yeah, you could, you could wake up. It's okay. It's okay to wake up. New year, new energy, all that good stuff. Ah, wow. Well, guys, I, I'm so excited to be with you this morning, kind of jump back into the regular uh, flow of things. It's always nice to have a little bit of a break over the Christmas season, but I, I, I like two services. I got to be honest with you. I like 830. I like preaching at 830. Uh, I like getting up at six o'clock in the morning and going over the text and praying about our service. Like I, I, I like the 830 service. And I love the new year. And guys, one of the reasons I love the new year is because you get a new calendar. And uh, when I get a new calendar, the first thing I do is I open it up and I sit down and I begin to go through every Sunday and I get to, I get to pray over what text we'll be teaching throughout the whole year. So I, I plan out huge chunks of the year at a time. I think I've got, golly, uh, probably 40 weeks taken care of this year. Uh, already uh, kind of planned out where we're going to head, and and uh, and, and I, I don't want to be honest with you. Of, of those forty weeks, the next few weeks I'm going to spend with you might be my favorite. This is uh, this is a series I've been wanting to do for a long period of time, and uh, couldn't be a better time than the beginning of a new year, because when we start a new year, everybody's ready for new changes. And and so this morning, what I want to do is is we're going to study the book of Ephesians chapter four together over the next several weeks, and and this new year we're going to talk about what it means to put on a new self. And, and the Bible's very clear. God wants us to do this. And so maybe you showed up this morning and kind of part of your New Year's resolutions or, you know what, I got to get my spiritual life right. Uh, I got to start reading the Bible again. and need to start going to church. I need to start praying. That's awesome because that's going to fit in with where we're headed as we, we talk about how to put on this new self that has been given to us uh, through Christ Jesus. And so I'm going to ask, join me in a word of prayer, if you don't mind, and, uh, and we'll, we'll jump in. Father, uh, thank you so much for allowing us to gather here. Thank you for a new year. Um, thank you for a new opportunity to study your word. And uh, Lord, my prayer this morning is that we would not just be hearers of this word, but that we would be people that are committed to do what it says. And, and Holy Spirit, we ask you to come now in, in a special manifestation uh, that, that we might feel your presence with us and, and that you might come and take your proper place in our church. You are the teacher of this church and we ask that you would come and teach us the ways of Jesus from the inside out, that our hearts might burn with passion as we see God's word in, in a brand new way and, and that we might want Jesus more than anything else this world has to offer. We ask these things in Jesus Christ's holy name, amen. Amen. Well, guys, if you have your Bibles, I am in Ephesians chapter 4. We are going to start... Uh, we are going to start in verse 17, read through the end of the chapter. And as you turn there, I want you to know Ephesians is one of my favorite books, but it's really an interesting book. And, and it's an interesting book because when you get to, the, these are the epistles, that's what these are. Epistle is a fancy word for letter. And, and so this is one of the many letters that Paul wrote to the churches. But it's an interesting letter because unlike most of his letters, this letter doesn't really have a reason to be written. Uh, y- you read all the chapters and there's not a clear reason for why he's writing. Usually Paul says, I'm writing writing to you for this reason. And the only reason that we have is that he's introducing a guy named Tuhiakis. And, and uh, that's how you pronounce it, by the way. I had to check like five times. Uh, so he's going to introduce this guy named Tuhiakis. He says, hey, I'm sending him to you. And uh, he's going to serve the church. And he's going to tell you about how I'm doing. And that's really kind of the, the only reason uh, that we have for this. So, so it's kind of a letter without a reason. But though it doesn't really have a reason that he writes it, 
man, it is probably the best reminder of what Jesus Christ has done for us and what we are supposed to do because of what he's done for us. And, and so you get to uh, chapter 2 is just the gospel, right? Chapter 2, he writes these, these believers, these new, new Christians in Ephesus. He says, hey, don't you forget that you used to be Gentiles. That's who you were. And as such, you were separated um, from the covenants and the promises of God. Uh, you were excluded from citizenship in heaven. Uh, you know, as, as such, you were an object of God's wrath. You are far away from God. And uh, you were for or an alien to the covenants and the promises of God. So he lays all this out. He says, but because of God's mercy, because of the mercy of God, God who is rich in mercy made you alive through faith in Christ Jesus. And now you're no longer a Gentile. You're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer an alien. No, now you're a member of God's household. You've been raised up and seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. You're now a citizen of the kingdom of God. And all of the promises of the covenants are yours. That's what Christ has done for you. Therefore, this is what you need to do. And that's where we pick up. So I am in chapter 4, verse 17. You'll notice it starts with therefore. This is where the whole book shifts. So up to this point, this is what Jesus has done for you. And now this is what we're supposed to do because of what he has done for us. Verse 17, the word of God says this. Therefore, I say this. And I testify testify in the Lord. You should no longer live as the Gentiles live. Don't, Don't live how you used to live, is what he's saying. You should no longer live as the Gentiles live in futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them. And because of the hardness of their hearts, they became callous and they gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. But that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming that you heard about him and were taught by him as the truth is in Jesus to take off your former way of life, the old self, that is corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. Therefore, putting away lying, speak the truth, each to his neighbor, because we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger, and don't give the devil an opportunity. Let the thief no longer steal. Instead, he is to do honest work with his hands, so that he has something to share with anyone in need. No foul language should come from your mouth, but only what is good for building up someone in need, so that it gives grace to those who hear. And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, anger, and wrath, shouting and slander be removed from you, along with all malice, and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as God also forgave you in Christ. May God bless uh, the reading of his word. Now, there are uh, three things that I want to share with you this morning. And here's what I want to tell you. This week is kind of an intro. And so the three truths I'm going to share with you this morning are foundational for everything else we're going to study over the next few weeks, okay? And so I I just want you to kind of be thinking along those lines. What we're going to talk about today sets up everything we're going to talk about kind of throughout this whole series about what it means to to put off the the old self, put on the new self. And that kind of, it kicks off with this truth. Uh, You need to know, first and foremost, that if you're in Christ, there is an old self and a new self. 
right? If you're in Christ, there is an old self and there is a new self. Ricky, can we see if we get that back projector on, if it's working or not? Um, it is not. It is disassembled. That's awesome. So um, that's why we print things. And uh, hold on one second. There we go. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, so the first thing we talk about is this, is if we're in Christ, there is an old self and there is a new self. Now listen, I know what you're thinking. Like you're going, wait a second, I've read uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. And you know what? That's absolutely true. But that truth doesn't contradict this truth because what Paul is doing, he's writing this group in Ephesus and he's saying, you've been made new. You're a new creation. Therefore, stop acting like an old creation. Right? He's, he's saying like, this is, this is the result of the fact that you've been made new. So, now put on this, this new self. Right? So Paul's reminding the Ephesians of this fact. He says, therefore, you need to act like it. And listen, I, I think this is crucial to... Uh, that we understand this point. Because I've met so many well-meaning um, believers that are absolutely miserable and distraught in their Christian walks. I, I, I mean this. Like, like they are, uh, they're disappointed, they are confused, they are guilt-ridden, and they say things like, I, I don't understand. I, I read the Bible, and the Bible says that I'm a new creation, so why am I struggling with so much of my old past? Why am I struggling with so many uh, old sins? I don't understand. I'm supposed to be new, yet here I am struggling with old. Does that mean I'm not really new, right? What's wrong with me? Why am I still struggling? And the answer is, is this, ready? You're still struggling because sanctification doesn't end at salvation. Right? Sanctification, being made like Christ, doesn't stop at conversion. It starts there. It starts there. So, so we still struggle with old things because we, we've been made new, but, but learning to walk and live like Jesus starts at conversion. It doesn't stop there. Now, because Christ has made us new, we must daily choose to put on and to walk in that newness. Right? Does that make sense? Okay, if that makes sense, this is going to be a cakewalk for you guys. You guys have this, let me tell you. Maybe not. Second point. I want you to know that it is possible to be made alive in Christ, but still be wearing grave clothes. Okay? So listen. If we have believed in Jesus, there is an old self and there is a new self. That is true. And I want you to know that if we've been made alive in Christ, it is completely possible to still be wearing grave clothes. All right, so to help us grasp this entire concept this morning, I'm going to ask you to open uh, or turn your Bibles to uh, John chapter 11. Um, John chapter 11, and I'm going to pick up in verse 38, and I'll just kind of set it up as... Uh, as you guys turn to John chapter 11, verse 38. And so the story is, uh, beginning in, in John 11, 1, is that Jesus is a couple of days away from Bethany. And Bethany is a town where his dear friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus, lives. And while he's a couple of days from town, uh, he hears that his dear friend, Lazarus, is sick and might die. And so the, the Word of God says that Jesus chooses to stay two more days instead of return home immediately. And, uh, and it says he does that so that the glory of God might be revealed. So the glory of God might be revealed. So when Jesus goes back to Bethany, Mary and Martha meet him. Uh, Lazarus has died. He's been dead now uh, and in the tomb for four days. And that's kind of where we pick up. And so I'm in John chapter 11, starting in verse 38. 
it says, then Jesus deeply moved again. Now, now Jesus is, is he's wept, uh, he's, he's, he's distraught, he's upset. It says, then Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. And, and Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there is already a stench because he has been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone and then Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe that you sent me. And after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out! The dead man, it says, came out bound hand and foot with linen strips and with his face wrapped in cloth. Jesus said to them, unwrap him and let him go. See, this is our illustration kind of for the whole series. This is what Paul is talking about, right? I mean, I mean this is death to life. Jesus says, Lazarus... Come out. And, and, and this man is completely dead. This man stinks of death. This man has, has been lifeless for four days. And now suddenly he has breath in his lungs. And he hops out of the tomb. It says his, his hands and his feet are, are bound. And he's got a cloth over his face. And Jesus says to the crowd, don't leave him that way. Lazarus, don't stay that way. Somebody take off his grave clothes, right? So what I want you to see, this is, this is crazy. He was dead, but Jesus spoke and brought him back to life. He, he was dead, but Jesus made him alive. Then he was alive, right? But he was disabled. He was alive, but he was disabled by his attire. And then Jesus said, remove that old attire. And then that dude was dangerous. Right? So many people flocked to Jesus because of Lazarus after the grave clothes were removed that the Pharisees plotted to kill Lazarus too. And this is what I would submit to you this morning. God's goal for your life is to be dangerous. Not dead, not disabled, but dangerous. But you've got to take off those grave clothes. I need you to understand this point. It is key to everything we'll talk about over the next few weeks as we ring in the new year with the new you. It is possible to be made alive in Christ, but still be wearing grave clothes. So I thought over the last couple of weeks while I had a little time away, why is that? Why do we do that? Why, why, why do we have to be reminded by the word of God to take off the old things and to put on the new things that Jesus brings? Why, why is that even in there? Like, shouldn't that just be automatic? I mean, I mean, when you come to life, shouldn't you just be jumping and dancing and shouting and praising Jesus? Like, like why is that even it? Why do dead people that have been brought to life have to be reminded not to walk in the old dead ways? Why is that even in the Bible? And so I kind of came up with maybe a few things. I know they apply to me. Maybe they apply to you. I think sometimes we wear the old self because it is comfortable. How many of you just love doing uncomfortable things? Right? That's half your New Year's resolutions right there. 
I'm going to put on tight clothes and go to a gym where other people will look at me. Right? That's why it only lasts three days. It's uncomfortable. I think sometimes we put on that old dead self because if we're honest, that, that, that saying is true, old habits die hard. And you know why? I don't know about you, but in my own life, and, and if I, I've examined my sin patterns, and friends, we have sin patterns, by the way, I realize that there are deep triggers in my life for my sin patterns. And some of those are attached to deep emotions of loneliness, or fear, or stress. Sometimes those are attached to a lie that I believed long, long ago. And so it's not about just stopping something, right? It's about having to go back, way back, and figure out how I feel, why I feel that way, the wrong thing I believe that made me feel that way, replacing that lie with the truth, and having to work from that point on. And that's hard work. I'm telling you. I think sometimes we walk in the old ways of the flesh because of bad teaching. And there's a lot of people out there that teach all you have to do is pray a prayer and then you're saved and you're good. And they never tell you what comes next. So there's a lot of people that I believe are alive in Christ. They've been been made alive, but they don't look much like Jesus. They don't look much like Jesus because they've never taken off the grave clothes. Because nobody ever told them to. Nobody ever said, now he's going to change your life. Now, now you got to make some changes. Now you got to get rid of some stuff and you got to let him add some stuff. Like nobody ever said that. And then I think the biggest one, I truly believe this, I think a lot of it just has to do with our spiritual diet. Because there is an old self and there is a new self. You can think of those as two natures. And we feed the old self a lot more than we feed the new self most of the time. And if you imagine those two natures, I always tell people, imagine those as two bulldogs. Let's say they were in the same litter. They're brothers. And those brothers are equally strength. And they fight and they fight and they fight. But imagine that one day you take the food and water away from one of them and you give it to the other. Which one's going to win the fight? And I think in many of our lives, guys, if we're just being honest, our diet, we feed the old nature more than we feed the new nature. Right? So I I just need you to know this. If you're in Christ, there's an old nature and there's a new nature. Okay? If you're in Christ, it is totally possible to be made alive and still be wearing the grave clothes. That is kind of the point of Ephesians 4. It's a reminder. Here's what's been done for you. Right? Now, do something because of that. Last point. As followers of Christ, our goal then is to throw off the grave clothes and to put on the grace clothes. Now, I, I wish I'd written that phrase. I totally stole that from Warren Wiersbe. Uh, just saying. Just, I, I just, if I give him credit, it's not really theft. It's just I borrowed it. Uh, 
Like, and you can change it. You, you put on wedding garments. The Bible talks about that. Like, like the point is that, listen, if, if we're in Jesus, the goal for our life now that we've been made alive is to get dressed in that newness of life. And to do that, a couple things have to happen, right? And so through this series, we're going to spend a ton of time uh, talking about, a ton of time talking about um, what we're going to put on what we're going to put on. But, but we also need to start here with, with the fact that there's some things we got to take off. Uh, anybody ever watch that, the, the show Friends? Anybody remember Friends? Nobody remembers Friends? Okay, a few of you do. Okay, so there's one time that uh, Joey and Chandler, who are roommates, are having a fight, and I'm trying to remember what, what, what the fight is about, right? Uh, do you remember that, episode, that, that Joey does the opposite of what Chandler has done, and he goes in and he puts on every single pair of clothes that Chandler has, right? He walks in, he's all puffed up, he's got all these kind of clothes. Uh, listen, um, love you, but a lot of people try that. They try to put newness of life on top of their old self and they wonder why the core of them is still wrong. We can't do that. So if you want to experience the abundant life that Jesus talks about, and he talks about abundance. I mean, he says, listen, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. If we want that fullness of life, we want that intimacy with Jesus, we want that close walk, we want, we want God to use us, we want to be dangerous. Listen, for that to happen, first we have to put off some old things. And so she says, well, what do we have to put off? I think the author of Hebrews does a great job summarizing this. So Hebrews 12, uh, 1 says this. It says, therefore, since we've been surrounded by a large cloud of witnesses, uh, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. And, and the author talks about two things. First, he talks about sin that so easily entangles. And, and guys, I want you to know that's what sin does. And so we'll, we'll have a moment here in a second. I'm going to ask you some questions. I'm going to give you some homework this week. Uh, you will have homework every single week of this series, okay? Uh, welcome to the new year. That's, that's, you want to be a new you, you've got to work at it. It doesn't happen magically. Uh, we don't say just a little prayer. Oh, dear God, please make me patient. Guess what? You've got to work on that. You've got to have you some kids. Uh, that's step one. Drive in some traffic. Step two, right? Go to an amusement park. Step three. So we gotta, we got to put some work in. And so uh, I'm, I'm, we're, we'll talk about this sin thing. But I want you to notice it's interesting that sin is not the only thing we have to throw off. I think a lot of times we think about that and we think, you know what, I, I want this newness that Jesus offers, uh, so I've I, I got to get rid of my sin. But what I'm going to tell you today, and this may shock you, it is not just sin that you have to get rid of. Uh, there are other things it says, right? Uh, lay aside every hindrance and the sin. It doesn't say uh, every sin that's a hindrance. It says every hindrance and the sin. There are some things in your life that are not sinful, okay? But they are taking the place. They, they're, they're using up your time of the things that you need to be doing so that you could be putting on the new stuff, right? And if you don't get rid of some of those things to make room for the new stuff, you're never going to experience the fullness that God has for you. And so... Uh, with that being said, I want to talk to you about some things, okay? So I have one question for you that um, we're going to come back to in a second, but here is the one question. Guys, hear me. I'm sorry. I, I was good until I got here and I started coughing like crazy, I'm telling you. Um, guys, our goal through this whole study is, is going to be this. It's going to be talking about change, okay? 
And so that, that's why we do it at a new year, because let's be honest, most of us don't like change. We do not. But a new year comes, and we go, I'm going to make some changes. All right, so if you're going to make some changes, uh, here's the place you should put a lot of energy and effort into making these positive changes. And so uh, these are changes for all the right reason. God wants to give us a makeover. He wants to help us experience abundance, intimacy, power, experiences present. He wants us to put on the new self. So the question I have for you, which will lead into our application this morning, is will you let him? Will you let him? He wants to do it. God, God wants to help you put on this new self that he, he talks about in his word. He promises is there. The question is, are you going to let him help you? Because that's what it's all about. All right. Now, along those lines, I want to give you some homework, and, and uh, it is crucial, I'm just going to be honest with you, it is crucial that you do the homework. It's not hard, well, it's not true. Uh, it is hard, some of it's hard, first week is hard, uh, some of it's going to involve actually like, like some putting on, some practicing some things. Uh, this week is, is more kind of, hey, look at what I need to, to put off, and, uh, and so this week's going to kind of focus on that, but uh, there's some questions and some things I want you to do. Now, here, why do we do this? By the way, we have application here every week. We have application here every week because the Word of God says don't merely be uh, hearers of the Word. But do what it says. And so we, 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 I'm just going to tell you right now, uh, you can show up every Sunday. And God bless you for that. We're glad you're here. But if you don't actually go home and do the homework I'm going to give you, then I don't want you to be expecting the change. Just honest. Okay? So you're going to have to put some work in. So, so here is uh, week one homework. Ready? Number one. I want you to make a list of the sinful habits you struggle with. You can password lock this baby. You can write it in, in uh, invisible ink. Uh, I, 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 I don't care what you do, but you need to write down a list of the sinful. There are two things we have to throw off, and this week we're, we're going to focus on throwing off those things. So the two things, first thing you have to throw off is the sin that's so easily entangled. What are the sins that you most commonly struggle with? What are the things that seem to always come back to life and bite you in the butt? I don't know a better way to say it. It's just, just what it is. So what, what, what are those sins? So that's, that's, that's step one this week. I want you to make a list of the sinful habits that you struggle with, okay? Step two, <clears throat> make a list of what is hindering you from experiencing spiritual abundance. Now, this is different, okay? So I have a list of the sinful behavior, but, but then are there other things that are hindering me? A.K.A., let me give you an example, is my schedule too full? Am I doing too many things that don't matter? Right? Uh, what, 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 are my, what are my patterns of behavior? Do, do I get up and have coffee and read the newspaper? Or, or get on my phone and look at news when I could be? Reading the Word of God and pray. You guys follow me? Like, because like, we have these patterns of we just slip into them. We're very comfortable with. Them. Oh, this is my time. It's just me. I'm just gonna sit here. I'm, just, I'm catching up on. We even tell ourselves it's a good thing. Well, I gotta know what's going on in the world. Okay. How come you didn't read your Bible? I don't. I don't know. Yahoo News. I got caught up in what the celebrities were doing. My wife tells me Yahoo News is not real news. We won't talk about Fox News and CNN. Uh, 
saying there might be better things to do with my time, right? And so we make a list of what's hindering us, okay? We got to make room. We got to make room, okay? Uh, Last thing. We ask God to help us make the changes that we need to make, okay? Uh, This, my hope for you is that it's going to take you a little bit to work through this. My hope for you this week, believe it or not, is that you would revisit this daily. Okay? So, day one, you make your sin list. Woohoo! Everybody's excited! If you're struggling and you don't know what sin is, uh, look up the word in the Bible. Paul has some lists uh, that are not exhaustive, but they will help you get started. <laughs> and he identifies some things. And so you can start there. And, and, and so you start with the sin list. And, and here's the deal. You go back to it the next day for two reasons. Number one, to be convicted by it. And number two, to see if you left anything off. Okay? And so I go back to the list. Then I, I go back to the, the list about hindrances. What, what is not a sin in my life, but may be hindering me from intimacy with God? What is that? Okay? And by the way, I've got, I've got one more homework assignment that I'll throw to you when we do announcements. Um, okay? So and we're going to help. We're here to help. Here to help. So then I, I look at that. And then that la- this last part right here, uh, our desire is that you would pray this prayer every single day this week. Got it? You guys are not moving your heads. Okay. All right. I want to ask a question. Who's tired of this? When I say this, I mean this ho-hum kind of life. Who wants, who wants what the Bible says? Anybody, anybody want abundance? Anybody want intimacy with Christ? Anybody want something better than what they're experiencing right now? Listen to the invitation. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light, and you will find rest for your soul. I'm here to tell you that while it will require some work on your part, ultimately it will result in great rest and abundance as we bask in the presence and the glory of Jesus. God wants more for you. He wants more for me. He wants us not just to be alive, but to live like it. And the only way we can do that is if we commit ourselves to putting off the old ways. And by the way, this will become a daily thing for us. What we're going to give you over the next six weeks or so, we're going to give you tools that you can use every single day. Isn't that awesome? That's good. That is good. Stuff you can do every single day. And guys, it starts right here. What we give you in week one This is stuff you can do every day. God, is there any sin in my life? God, is there anything hindering me from walking closer with you? God, help me. Help me make the changes I need to make so that you can be evident in my life so that everyone can see you and not me, right? Okay, that's what we want to talk about. That's what we want to see. We want to see that new you. We want to help you put on that new you. Um, And so uh, I hope and pray that you'll be a part of that. Uh, Miss Sharon, could you give us just a little bit of music this morning? We're going to have a moment of prayer, uh, and this is very much a time of committal. And I'm not going to ask you to have to get out of an aisle and to come forward, um, but it's a new year. That's what it is. 
And we have those New Year's, we have those resolutions, and I, 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 with no doubt, there's some people here that you walk through the doors this morning, and that was on your mind, is I need to make some changes spiritually. I'm not honoring God in every part of my life. I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm thinking things I shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned with things I shouldn't be concerned with. And so you're here, and you've kind of already felt it, and then now God's Word's been opened up, and now you really feel it. And so just, just one simple prayer this morning. What I want you to do, just bow your heads where you are. And what we're going to do is we're, we're going to individually where we are, we're just going to cry out unto God in prayer. That's all we're going to do. And the prayer that God honors the most throughout the history of the world is this one. Ready? God, help me. God, save me. And what we're asking this morning, just this prayer, if you're here this morning and you want changes, you, this morning you heard about newness of life and, and power and intimacy and abundance and you know that's not you right now, but you want it to be you, and you know this morning, there is no way I can do this on my own. And and then what we're going to do is collect, you're just going to raise your hand and say, God, I want it. Right now, God, I want it. I want intimacy. God, I want to walk in newness of life. And you just raise your hand, and I just want you to pray this simple prayer. God, help me. God, help me. God, save me. God, pick me up from the pit, from the mud and the mire. God, just get me out of this. God, help me. That's our New Year's prayer. That's it. God, help me. I want to be new. I know I'm alive, but God, I want to be new. So tired of this old, God, help me. It's just an act of surrender. God, help me. God, make me new. Do you want to start pointing out areas to Him? You can do that now. Right here. I'm tired of this. I don't want to struggle with this thing anymore. God, I want to walk in complete newness, righteousness, purity, mind, thought, action. God, make me new. God, help me. Father God, we are your children, not because of anything that we have done, not because of any goodness that we have, but because, God, you are rich in mercy. And you chose to make us alive in Christ through faith. We don't just want to be alive, God. We're thankful for life. But many of us today have realized that we are still putting on those old grave clothes. And we're disabled. Let us hear that voice. That voice of our Savior Jesus this morning. Take off the grave clothes. God help us. God help us. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.
Amen. Happy New Year.